Hello, viewers and listeners to CHP Talks. I'm here today with a guest who has uh, international connections, and that is Mr. Vince Vetro. Uh, Vince, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Rod. So for our viewers, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Vince. Vince and his wife, Ramona, both came to faith in their early 30s. And at the time, Vince was enjoying a career as an entrepreneur with companies in the GTA and in Alberta. Soon after his conversion, Vince felt a deep call to serve the Lord. And after a short-term mission to Ecuador in 1998, that calling was confirmed and Vince became a visionary. Uh, along with some uh, Ecuadorian friends he had made in 1998, Vince started a microfinance charity called the David Jonathan Project, and it's now called The Lending Journey. Since that time, The Lending Journey has provided microloans and training to almost 3,000 women in Ecuador and Nicaragua. And beginning in the fall of, 19, uh, of 2022, uh, they'll be working in La Paz, Mexico. In 2016, CBC ran a documentary on Vince's work in Latin America called Sisyphus Rides, interesting name, and uh, Vince followed this up with his first book called From the Boardroom to the Burial. While continuing his career as a businessman, Vince loves serving the lending journey and speaking to groups about the power of microfinancing, its power in changing the lives of impoverished women and the privilege of sharing his faith along the way. Vince and Ramona live in Erin, Ontario, have four adult children, Lauren, Christian, Jonah, and Sophia. So thanks once again, Vince, for uh, joining me this morning. It's exciting. First of all, what is a visionary? A visionary is a, a term I heard years ago. It is a businessman uh, who has uh, made his career um, as a missionary. So I, uh, so they had combined the word businessman and missionary and come up with visionary. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's I, I looked twice when I saw the word and I thought uh, that could be a typo or it could be a word that I'm not familiar with. So yeah. uh, thanks. So so maybe a little bit about your journey, uh, how you came to Christ. Uh, that probably could be a whole program, but uh, <laughs> just maybe for our listeners and viewers uh, a little bit about your own story before you got involved in Nicaragua and Ecuador. Sure. Um, um, the uh, story to faith, um, I had uh, grown up in a very, very large Italian family and uh, parents were immigrants. And so we were very poor. And, and my my dad, and I, I, I mean, I understand where it came from, but my dad had always said to us, you know, if you want to be happy, then um, work for yourself and make lots of money. And uh, so I thought, well, it, it sounds logical. <laughs> and so my brothers, we all became independent businessmen. Uh, and that was during the 80s. And, and um, we became very successful at a very young age. And so by the time I was 31 or 32, I had a staff of about 200 people and um, and my companies were doing at five companies uh, across Canada and they were doing really well. And I woke up one morning and I was miserable mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had to come to grips with the fact I, I uh, 
had done really well in business. I had made lots of money, uh, had achieved a certain degree of success in my industry. Um, and uh, I, I, I just wasn't happy. And I, and I um, started that search to find, you know, something greater or the, or the truer meaning of life and um and then was uh, led to a small a tiny small country church in georgetown ontario mm-hmm. um and uh the lord just really spoke to my wife and i and we were saved pretty quickly after that and and um you know really began to discover our purpose in life which which was to serve to was to serve him wow Okay. And then, so you went, uh, you made a trip to South America. I don't know how that, you know, what, what yeah. the process was to make that. Decision. Yeah. So, so again, funny, I, I, uh, I mean, one of the problems of achieving success younger in life is that your, your arrogance quotient is right off the uh, charts. <laughs> and so I was a very young, incredibly arrogant, uh, young leader and my church said to me hey will you take a group of people down to ecuador on a this thing called a short-term mission trip and i said well if i if i can manage a staff of 200 i certainly can manage taking a group and it i it was an incredible crisis (laughs) (laughs) that i experienced down there Uh, i had no concept of the level of poverty and the spiritual warfare and recognized how incredibly um, unprepared I was for that uh, task. Uh, but as a result of that unpreparedness, I came back to Canada, m- making sure I would uh, never uh, ever engage in something overseas where I was not um, prepared. And and so that 1998 trip just and and on that trip, I I had said to the Lord, "You open a door." Uh, you open a door and I'll commit the rest of my life to serving in Latin America. Wow. And I came back, you opened a door and that was 1998 and still serving down there. That, that's awesome. So how did the idea of uh, <clears throat> forming this uh, visionary project <clears throat> come, come to pass? The uh, microfinancing, the lending journey, what has become the lending journey? Yeah, well, um, I was um, uh, doing some uh, consulting work uh, for the Christian and Missionary Alliance uh, in Ecuador, and I was um, uh, with a missionary, and we were driving, I think that was maybe 2000, we were driving through the mountains, um, and we would visit all these small little uh, indigenous country churches, which we could never find the senior pastor of the church. And to which the missionary kept saying to me, they're all out in the fields working because they don't have any money. And I said, well, what if we just started lending um, people in their congregations money to start little small businesses so that they can support the pastor so he doesn't have to be in the field working? And so we just started lending. I mean, it was literally started lending money out of my pocket. And thankfully, I had my own business. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to ask for money. It was a very, in those early years, it was all self-financed through my company. Um, 
we just started lending money to women to start little chicken businesses, little chicken farms. And um, uh, that's how we began back then. And we got to the point where we, um, during COVID, we lent um, uh, a couple $20,000 to start a grocery store during COVID. So we've come a long way from the $15, $20 to buy a few chickens and some chicken feed. Uh, but really, that's how it began, was uh, trying to find a way to help pastors in these small communities uh, survive. Right. Well, that's uh, certainly <clears throat> noble. I mean, I have no, uh, I have no kind of um, thought that a pastor necessarily shouldn't be <clears throat> working in the fields, but of course, uh, the the work of a pastor, and depending on the size of the congregation, can expand uh, far beyond what you can do. I mean, you're you, you, each of us have 24 hours in a day, and so if the pastor is unable to perform pastoral duties because of having to be doing something else, uh, I, I certainly see the value of that. Right. I mean, the other thing we, the other thing I, I noticed when we were traveling through the mountains is how hard people work. Like they just such incredibly hardworking people, and yet they just seem to have such little money. Hmm. And I, I, and again, I, 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 I understood that because that's the world I came from. Yeah. I, you know, my dad worked incredibly hard and made very little, uh, very little money because he didn't speak the English language, right. and. Uh, so the idea of entrepreneurship um, was not a difficult connect to do for me because, you know, um, I had come up the same, I had come up the same way and done quite well and thought, why couldn't others who are willing to yeah. work hard have that sure. same opportunity? So, so how do, uh, okay, there's uh, a woman with this kind of a need, an entrepreneurial spirit and uh and needing a loan, how do they find out about you or how do they contact you in Nicaragua, uh, Ecuador? So, uh, I mean, when we first started off, Rod, as funny as this may sound, we would go into a community once we had the okay of the local leaders, because you always wanted to respect um, the local leadership of a village. Um, but literally, we would go into a village once we had that and we would walk into a small restaurant and just say, hey, we're a charity that gives out money uh, for small businesses. And I people thought we were crazy. Yeah. Like they just said, who does this? Who yeah. does? I mean, well, the stories Rod were incredible. And that's really how we started. And then we start giving out loans. And then uh, and those stories in the early days of were just were incredible. But anyways, that's literally how we would, that's how we would start. And then if you did want a loan, there, you know, there were a few things you had to commit to. And one was a 26 week training program. Um, and every class, every one of those 26 weeks was based on a Bible verse. So uh, it wasn't long before women were saying, hey, this isn't just about entrepreneurial training. This is a Bible study. And yeah. so we had Bible studies going all over Ecuador and Nicaragua um, that, uh, you know, uh, I mean, there 
the greatest entrepreneurial principles you'll ever find are in the Bible. Yeah. Well, the Bible um, has a lot so, to say about finance and economics and and sharing I, and uh, diligence. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and and managing your money and yeah. and um, you know uh, and 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 being risk taking in how you manage your money too. You don't you don't bury it. You don't yeah. bury your money in the ground. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there, those were uh, yeah, and, and the number of women who came to faith um, along the way has been uh, incredible. Um, uh, Rod, there was, uh, I remember one village I was visiting after women had repaid their loans and they were just talking, they were, they were talking about it. And then one woman stood up and she said, you know, I thought I was getting lessons on how to be an entrepreneur. After this is all over, what I've learned is how to be a better spouse to my husband. Hmm. Now, oh. I don't know what in those 26 weeks impacted her. But something impacted her to be a better spouse or more committed spouse. And so, so as much as it is about the loans, it is just as much about the, about the 26 week teaching. Yeah. The, uh, the husbands of, of these women who are becoming successful entrepreneurs uh, must, must be just in awe at seeing what's, uh, what's happening in their lives. Oh, absolutely. Now, so probably about 70% of our loans are given to women whose husbands have uh, taken off. And so a lot of the times what we try to do is teach them how to run businesses out of their homes so they can watch, keep an eye on the children. And, and you right. sort of stop that cycle of parents who just can't be around because they've got to be out working. Um but um, yeah, certainly. I mean, that just was a great story about the about the uh, the training side and the impact uh, of the training. Um, I, I mean, it's sad to say, but a number of women whose husbands have run off, who live in these incredibly uh, impoverished villages, uh, generally end up turning to prostitution hmm. uh, because there's no way to feed their children. Right. And so um, one of the things that has, has really uh, touched our hearts is the number of women that we've been able to help out of prostitution because they've been able now to find a better way to look after their families than, than doing that. But you would be shocked at the number of women who have no choice but uh, degrade themselves mm. because it's that or they don't, or their children don't eat. Well, that, yeah. that is so sad, but uh, uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to, uh, to come out of that lifestyle. Yeah. And yes. of course it's a, you know, think about men down there who uh, maybe abandon their families, but of course that's a problem in Canada as well. And in the United States, a huge problem. Um, and I think we are, reaping the results of that uh, dissolution of the family here now with uh, children being, you know, raised without both parents in the home and, and the same situation, uh, women going out to work and, and having to leave their kids to fend for themselves sometime. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In um, one of the very first stories um, in my book, 
uh, is about uh, one of the first stories about one of the very first and the very first five loans we gave out was to a woman named Monica and she had four children. Her husband had taken off and she had nothing and she was getting ready to commit suicide. And, and she was talking about killing her children as well because she was so despondent about the lifestyle she had gotten into. And a social worker had um, introduced us to Monica and everybody in this village said, if you give this woman a loan, you are crazy. You guys have lost your mind. You will never see a penny of that money. And in the book, there's a picture of her, her first loan and starting her business. And she had started a restaurant and by her third loan, she had hired women to work in the restaurant. Wow. And that's how successful a businesswoman. And I remember the social worker saying to us, like, you guys have no idea what you've done. Like, this was a woman who her whole body image was um, just, there is no hope. There is no reason to live. And, uh, and she said, and now you have this owner of a restaurant just running around the restaurant, making sure all her patrons are happy. And wow. like, it just, uh, and my very, very last, one of my very last encounters with Monica, and this is why this story is so pertinent. She said to me, oh, Vince, the kids aren't here to greet you because they're all at church at kids Bible study. Oh yeah, and it's Monica's way of saying to me, "Hey Vince, I finally, I finally found my faith." Yeah, wow, no. Yeah. So yeah. this course that they go on, the twenty-six weeks they commit to, is that sort of the uh, general length of a loan, or, or how yep. over what they uh, exactly. generally repay the loan within half a year? Yeah, within twenty-six weeks, and and um, most of the format that we designed our micro loans around was around information that we received from the United Nations, and so so predominantly on a small loan. If you let it go any longer than six months, the people would be they become despondent because you got to remember in some of these villages you don't know whether you're going to be alive today or tomorrow, for a number of reasons, right? Just uh, you know, health, security, there's no police, um, no electricity, no running water, no sewage, like, yeah, just terrible. Mm. So the longer the loan, the scarier it is for them because they don't have, they just can't see repaying it. Yeah. Mm. So the bigger loans go a little longer, but, but, um, the the majority of them and so every week they come and they make their payment right and they make their payment in front of all the other women that they've received loans with and it's sort of you know um you know that developing that sense of camaraderie that they're all you know that they're all repaying their loans yeah do you have um a vetting process at all uh, like if a woman applies for a loan uh is there anything that uh i mean obviously you you want her name and all that but um are there some are there any that you have to say no or yeah so yes i mean there's a there's a process they, they would put a loan application in and then if they can't if they can't read or write then you know one of our team will still we would still help them put the loan uh, proposal together and it's a very simple one right and then 
Um, now, somebody might apply for a loan for uh, $300. And, you know, one of the people doing the interview will say, well, listen, here's what we'll do. We'll give you a $50 loan uh, to buy beans. And we'll teach you how to run a small business. Um, because, you know, one of the challenges is somebody comes to you and says, okay, I, I want to buy beans, but I have no money, right? And they'll say, okay, we'll just pay next week. Well, if, if, if you give all your beans away and everybody's paying next week and it, only 30% people show up, you, you have no business, right? right? Yeah. And it's not even that we wouldn't give them a second loan. It's, it's more, right? Because that $50 is an investment. It's not, it's not a loss. It's the cost of teaching. And so you just are teaching them practices for, you know, for, um, for collecting and, and how much money do you really allow somebody? So if you're selling beans for 50 cents, maybe you say, okay, you pay me 25 cents and the 25 cents at the end of the week, but you're getting something. So, yeah, so it would all depend. It would all depend uh, that the loan we gave, uh, for 20,000, which is the largest loan we've ever done, was from somebody who had repaid multiple, multiple, multiple loans in yeah. different sizes. Yeah. So there was a trust factor built in already. and Huge trust factor. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I would challenge anyone in Canada to start a store today with $20,000, you know. Right. And, and 20,000 in Latin America, that's a, that's a lot of that's a yeah. lot of money. Three hundred dollars, because everything's in American dollars, right? So, right. a three hundred dollar loan when somebody's making a dollar twenty five a day, it's incredible how little money um, these people are 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 making and how hard they work. So, a three hundred dollar micro loan is 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 fairly substantial especially in nicaragua maybe not yeah. so much in ecuador but yeah so you travel uh occasionally at least uh, how how often do you go to where where these loans are being given out um pre pre-covid um i would say oh at least once every two three months um once things are running relatively smoothly you don't have to be down there as often and especially with zoom and so many other types of ways of staying in touch. Um, you know, uh, in the early days, I was down there quite a bit. Uh, I would say I was down there at least once a month, uh, yeah. once every six weeks. Um, but our, you know, our, we have good leadership team in Ecuador. We have a good leadership team in Nicaragua. We have a great leadership team in Mexico, um, um so uh you know so i was just in ecuador uh i was just in ecuador in may and i'm heading down to mexico in november to to visit two communities that were uh just starting out to give loans so wonderful wonderful yeah. so vince uh how do first of all uh our listeners and viewers i'm sure are interested in what what the process is or uh, do you do fundraising for your organization that must uh, take a significant amount of funds to do what you do? And and I think you told me that uh, you, you and most uh, many of the people on your staff are actually volunteers. Um, yep. Yeah. So nobody on our nobody on our Canadian staff uh, is, 
is paid. I mean, we pay the, have to pay the accountant. Um, yeah. But other than that, uh, everybody who who helps out is a, is a volunteer. Um, I, I just I just completed a, an eleven hundred kilometer bike ride from Colombia to Peru uh, through the Andes Mountains as a fundraiser. Um, but we're yeah we're constantly fundraising and and actually Rod right now uh, we're fundraising for the seed money to get Mexico off the ground. Um, so. Um, yeah, so anybody who um, you would be interested, especially in helping getting Mexico off the ground, because that's that's a really exciting new uh, venture. Um, they can go to thelendingjourney.com, dot uh, which is our website, uh, and uh, they can uh, donate to a number of projects, whichever one they would choose. And also on our website. Um, there's sponsorship opportunities. So there's pictures of women who are still waiting uh, for loans. And um, so they can, they can sponsor a loan uh, that way uh, as well. So folks who are listening and would like to uh, have a share in, in this exciting work and helping uh, women come out of poverty uh, in those three countries, uh, you can visit thelendingjourney.com and yes. uh, we'll find opportunities there. So, yes. well, Vince, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Anything uh, w- that we haven't covered that uh, should be covered uh, so that people understand the broad scope of what you're doing? Yeah. And what, you, and Rod, I appreciate that because one last thing I would say we're all pretty familiar with that old adage that you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day teach them the fish, you feed them for a lifetime. What we have come to sort of make a part of our motto is that there's a third piece to that. And it's that until you sit down and eat the fish with the person, you can't truly gain entry into their lives. And we spend an incredible amount of time sitting and eating the fish with these people. And you really want an opportunity to share your faith it's not just teaching them to fish for themselves. You got to sit and eat the fish with them and become a part of their family. And, and, and that is a huge part of our ministry is uh, uh, sitting uh, with them and, and listening to, the, to their hardships and their hard stories. And, and that's where you gain the entry to share your faith by sitting and listening. Excellent, excellent. Well, Vince, uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, meeting you and, and hearing a bit about the lending journey and your journey to uh, to what you're doing now and uh, so god bless you your wife and family uh, and your work there and uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing how things go in mexico thank you rod take yeah. care thanks god bless Bye. thanks for listening to chp talks for more content you don't want to miss be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast chp talks You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To view our weekly episodes in a video format, you can find us on Brighteon at brighteon.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. On BitChute at bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. Now, social media censorship and the cancel culture have restricted what we can discuss on YouTube. But most of our programs can still be found on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C 
forward slash CHP Canada. Thanks for joining us. Please share this information with others. After all, speaking the truth is an act of love. I'm Rod Taylor, National Leader of CHP Canada, and your host of CHP Talks. See you next week.